Yes, it has been a long time since we have recorded, but do not worry. We are back. Episode 23. Today is March 3rd. Man, time is just flying, huh? Seriously, can't believe it's March. Crazy. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. I know we missed last weekend's um, last weekend's episode. Had a lot going on, but nonetheless, we're here now. We're going to uh, talk some big news. J.J. Watt is now a Cardinal. Very um, unpredictable story. Love that he's here. Love that he's in our hometown. It's going to be pretty awesome. We've got the VP of Nike. Her son has been running a racket on the Nike <laughs> shoe game, and people are pissed. So we're going to discuss a little bit of that. We've got a Tiger update. There's been It's a brief one. Not a ton of information coming out yet, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we've got um, a new segment we're gonna we're gonna go for today called "Who's in this meeting?" That's gonna regard. Um, not, I, I won't spoil it yet. We'll just talk about that in a second. And then we've got a important debate, something that uh, you baseball fans are gonna love: impact of superstars in other sports versus versus the other ones, and what we can what what we got pr- proposed that they can maybe do. All right, uh, let's go. Let's do it. All right, welcome back. Whew, a lot has happened since we last talked, man. Um, JJ Watt is now an Arizona Cardinal. Absolutely crazy uh, how that just popped up on our Twitter lines. On was that Monday? Yeah, came out of nowhere. Seriously, man, that was that was shocking in one of the best ways. That, that's that's how you want to start your Mondays if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan like myself. So. I'm excited. Dude, fired up, fired up, man. I'm I'm pumped about this one for sure. And uh, JJ Watt is that perfect um, like catalyst for a defense, especially when we go back and read their their dogs. Like when when ESPN like posted what their like starting defense is going to look like in their main corner pieces. When you add JJ Watt in there, you realize, man, like this is a loaded defense now, and it's just one guy who like his stats haven't been at that like elite defensive player of the year level that he's won before uh, in the last like couple years, but you know, that's still there and he's only 32, which is um, crazy to think about. It feels like he's been in the league for a, much longer than that. Uh, w- w- what's your thoughts on this time? Like, what do, what do you think this does for the Cardinals? Are, are they a playoff team now? Is it championship or bust? Uh, dude, I'm fired up about this. First of all, like I'm super I'm just as a fan, I'm super excited about this. I freaking love JJ Watt. Like he is, he's an awesome player, like first ballot hall of fame player. We'll get into how good he is now and blah, 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 all that stuff. But but he has had a great career and he's a tremendous, like, I think this is a classic underrated for a team like the Cardinals that is trying to get to that next level to have a guy like that in the locker room to stabilize the force and just set the standard for what it, what it takes to prepare like just a true pro every single day and the confidence they're going to kind of like Brady with the bucks where we said that, you know, those guys have to take confidence from like looking in that locker room and seeing him there. So I love the move, man. I'm super, super fired up about it. 
For sure, especially when you look at their now, they have the two best pass rushers in the NFL. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. I'm saying that based on statistics. Since 2012, J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones are leading the NFL in sacks over the last decade. So they've got Huge. the most one of the most dangerous pass rushes in the NFL now, In especially in a division which has pass rushers left and right. Like the Niners have like three or four that are really good. Uh, the Rams, obviously, with Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers. They're, everyone in this division – has legit legit pass rush and it it helps them though in such a big way especially since their secondary is younger too and that that gives them a little bit more confidence too that they they know they've got pressure on almost every single down now like you can you don't even have to like play these guys like almost every snap of every game even though i'm sure jj will probably be in there for like for that i i doubt i would see him transition to a like a specialist pass rusher kind of like they like a couple years ago when they got Terrell Suggs and he would come in on third downs and whatnot he's he's going to be in there every play so you've got another playmaker on the other side of the ball and they're going to be dangerous on defense man they're I, I love this move by the Cardinals I mean you have to think that so people forget Chandler Jones is coming back I mean Chandler Jones was arguably the best pass rusher in football two years ago um and yep. you have to think, right, that both Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt are going to play at higher levels having the two of them playing together, right? I mean, am I crazy yeah. to think that? Yo, well, I mean, you can double-team both of them. So, it, it, And if you want to double-team one of them, then you've got a massive mismatch on the other side of the football. So I'm, I, I'm I, loving this. I'm betting on a huge kind of bounce-back season for J.J. Watt. I think, he's, I think he's happy. I think he's hungry. I think he's going to get healthy. And I think, quite frankly – teams are going to be keying on Chandler Jones and he's going to have less pressure on him than, than he's had in probably the last couple of years in, in Houston. So yeah, my, yeah, my first thought, be huge. my first thought of JJ Watt, as soon as they got him, I've, I, for some reason, I reverted back to the, the season when JJ Watt, I did, he almost win MVP. He was like second in the voting one year when he was scoring like touchdowns on offense and stuff. Um, I believe that is true. I think he had like, a handful of defensive touchdowns and like was score like was just he was just a dude on the football field playing both sides of the ball I would love if the Cardinals develop some kind of like red zone offense for him like help them help them spread out the field with with Nuke and, and Fitzgerald and put him somewhere like in the middle to where he can like block and then sneak loose that would be that would be epic if JJ if JJ were to get on the offensive side of the ball too yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that, but I mean, I love that idea for sure. Yeah. And I also think too, like, watch strike you as the type of guy, because I I feel like I've heard a lot of uh, like Cardinals fans and just some of the chatter kind of being like, oh, well, this is one of those moves where it sounds really good. The name's good, but is he kind of washed? Like he strikes me as the type of guy too, that, yeah, he's probably doesn't have the same athleticism he did at 25, but especially for a pass rusher, having a big bag of tricks and understanding leverage and just having different moves versus just being a pure like speed or power rusher. Yeah. I mean, he seems like the type of guy that's just going to like expand his bag as he ages and find different ways to be crafty and still get pressure on the quarterback, especially playing next to Chandler Jones. Exactly. Yeah. He's more of a cerebral player than we give him credit for just because he's such a good athlete in his prime. But yes, like he's a, he's a mentally very good player too. And he knows where the ball is going to be and knows how to make plays. So I like that. I like what you're saying there. Um, 
has there been any other signings? I mean, we're, we're still in the, uh, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Um, another interesting move that uh, we're trying to maybe connect, connect some dots that aren't necessarily lining up very well is like Miami just cut Kyle Van Noy, who is their defensive captain. I want to mention, and he just signed a four-year deal last season before the beginning of last season. So I honestly have no idea like what the nature of his release was. I mean, this could be one of those situations where he might've just like been in a meeting and they asked him to take a pay cut kind of thing. And he said like, um, no, like let's, let's go back to my contract, you know? And, and they were like, Oh, we might have to do something or trade you. And he could have just come out publicly and said like, no, they cut me. And now they have no choice, but to actually cut him and get nothing for him. That, that was like the first thing I thought of. Cause I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how you let a guy like that go without not wanting to. It, it, does that make sense? No, exactly. I mean, for me, the immediate thing I thought of was what's what's the next move, right? I feel like this is the opening move on the chessboard and they're planning something. Yeah. Because otherwise, why why do this move, right? If you're not – so I don't know. Are they using this cap space? Like, does this mean that Deshaun's coming there and they're trying to move – they're trying to clear cap space? Do they have another big – free agent signing planned I, I i'm not really sure man i i don't know what this is gonna lead to i guess maybe they're clearing the way for uh russ wilson to go down to miami that'd be crazy as as days go by do you not feel like it's more and more likely like i think russell wilson is gonna get traded as crazy as that sounds yeah he i mean he definitely could the more it's it's still on like the front page like you know when you're scrolling uh, any sports There's... sports website you're seeing russell wilson popping up on there like is their relationship salvageable are they able this are, to this reminds me this reminds me of uh of Brady in New England. Remember, people were like, no, they'll figure it out. And you kept hearing rumors that him and Bill kind of weren't seeing eye to eye and maybe the relationship wasn't as good. And it turned out they, they you know, those rumors were pretty much true all along. Like there there was where there was smoke, there was fire. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to get frustrated with with someone like this when the stakes are so high and uh especially when certain things get out into the public, you know, it's 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 a, such a different world than it used to be where you can kind of keep these things under wraps, you know, previously and in earlier generations without everyone needing to know everything immediately. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting how, how the sports world works now and like how bad blood can like really boil over really, really fast. So yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of moves coming up um, back to the Cardinals. Just, I'm I'm a diehard Cardinals fan, so you guys are gonna hear me talk about them a lot. But I I did see that Patrick Peterson and Kenyon Drake are most likely gonna be moving on, which in my opinion, I think that's an addition by subtraction kind of thing where I don't think I think you can replace them much easier than like how how much their name says about them. You know, the the Kenyon Drakes, he's had a really good uh two year stint with the Cardinals, but again, running backs are I mean, they have a very, very small shelf life, as we've talked about a lot, like a lot on this thing. And you can find a, a very, very serviceable or elite running back in the third, fourth, fifth, even like undrafted. I mean, as James Robinson last year showed us, you don't have to be like, I mean, if, if you pick right, if you pick a running back correctly, that fits your fits your strategy, you can you can replace those guys pretty easily and. Uh, the only other thing they need to add is is a defensive back, and there's a lot of good free agents that are that are DBs right now. 
Um, you've got like Stefan Gilmore. You've got Justin Simmons uh, from the Broncos. Obviously, Peterson. You're looking at uh, John Johnson from the Rams. Anthony Harris, Troy Hill, Jason Verrett. And you've got Richard Sherman. Like there's some A.J. Bouye. There's some really big names out there that if the Cardinals go out and get another one of these guys, I mean, they, I think they've proven to us that they're in the point of going for it now, right? Like they're they should be going for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think for the, and in terms of the running back, we had uh, Kyle Odegaard, Kyle's uh, Cardinals insider on, and we, I think he kind of mentioned this and I think we feel the same way. I think the, I think Kenyon Drake's replacement is on the roster. I think Chase Edmonds is ready to, to step into that role next year. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about that at all for the, for the Cardinals, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. Well, what else were we talking about in the NFL? I, the NFC West is shaping up to be I st – I'm still really interested to see. I haven't heard much out of San Francisco, but, gosh, it sure feels like they're going to make a move there. Um, so, selfishly, you know, being a Cardinals fan, we'll, we'll see what happens in, in, in the division. But that's shaping up to be an absolute bear. Where – what did you see? Did you see the comments of uh, the Lions' new head coach, Dan Campbell, um, where he said he consider, considers himself to be like a, a true alpha? Did you, did you see that? Yes, I did. What, what what did you think about that? Uh, hey, I mean, true alphas let let the world know that they're a true alpha. This sounds like this is something out, directly out of one of those like how to be an alpha male like audiobooks or something like that, where he's just been like he's just been pumping himself up with like motivational stuff and like I, I, I that's probably just the guy he like the type of guy he's always been, but. It's pretty funny to see <laughs> to see someone like that like finally get into the position of an NFL coach and start start saying this stuff. Yes, ab absolutely. Like I feel like he totally was like, "Yeah, I'm head coach now. I got to start listening to some leadership books." Yep. And just just is like, "Yeah." Like repeat your mantra, like put it out there in the world. Exactly. The alpha dog I'm knows when to be alpha. Yeah. Cuz the way I see this is if you come out and say you're the alpha, you better be damn sure that you are the alpha. So, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. I, I think this is going to be a crash and burn scenario for him, though, in Detroit. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's in way over his head. But we'll, yes. we'll see. I'm, I'm wishing him well. Yeah, all signs are pointing that way. They've got for sure. They've got one of the most expensive quarterbacks who got released from or basically got traded for like give. They gave up a lot to get rid of him. Uh, they. They're running out of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Kenny Galladay is leaving, most likely. I mean, I don't know. Do I is there anyone that they should be tanking for, or like should uh, that that can change their franchise around next year in in college football? I feel like uh, that's a spur of the moment question that I'm not sure of. But it's no uh, Trevor Lawrence situation where you got some guy that you're like, hey, if we suck, you know, we can still get this guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what their, uh, I don't know what their plan is there. I think that, I think they really like Goff for whatever reason. Yeah, we'll find out soon. But uh, oh, we need to talk about the Nike story. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm calling it right now. So let's, I'll, I'll try to run us through the story. If you haven't heard this by now, then I don't know. You're probably not listening to this podcast, but I'll, I'll be quick with it. Ann Herbert has worked her way up through Nike North America. Um, as so now she, for 25 years and now she's the GM and the VP for Nike North America so that she's been grinding moving her way through this corporation 
her 19 year old son um, as since as early as 2018 has been purchasing shoes through the Nike website using her credit card, a credit card with her name on it, um, leaving quite the paper trail. And he has been using her employee discount and per, and using like purchasing bots to also purchase limited edition, limited edition sneakers with the discount and going and basically creating his own online like website. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a sneaker community guy. Like I, I'm not, I don't really know the ins and outs of, of how it works, but from what I'm reading, this dude is making some serious cash. He, <laughs> there's a report that right. says he's been making over $250,000 a month and he is 19 years old in shoe sales alone. <laughs> Um, that's crazy. Then, yes. And so this was, they, they, this article was run on like the 25th or 26th, I want to say, or the art, it, like the article was filmed on the 25th or 26th and it, uh, it was released, I want to say Sunday or Monday. Right. And immediately, like not even like later that day, Ann Herbert stepped down as GM, which to me, that's kind of strange. Cause where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Like if, if this was like the worst thing they're doing, oh, I, I need to also mention that. So Ann Herbert knew this was going on. She, it's not like she was unaware of this and surprised by any of it. She told Nike about this that he has his own like online store that he's like doing all this stuff. And apparently, she was pretty transparent about it. And Nike said like, yeah, we don't really have a problem with it. We're not like if the kid wants to do that and he's gonna like make his own quote unquote business out of it. Then sure, like let him go for it, you know? So there, yeah. there was no like Nike wasn't pissed or made her step down. I, to me, this seems like one of those, like I need to get out of the spotlight before they do any deeper diving into what I've been up to as the GM of Nike. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, I have a lot of questions, I guess is what I, is what I would say. Yes. Right? I mean, did, did they like, I, I don't know. I mean, did they come to her and like, Hey, we have a lot more information. This is going to get really bad for you. Like you better just like, it's going to be a bad look for us. It's going to be a bad look for you. Just step down, kind of go away. See if we can get kill this story. Um, I, I don't know. I, I suspect we'll hear more about it, but like, can we just talk about this kid? Like, is this kid, is this kid a villain or is he a hero? I, Cause I kind of feel like he's a hero. I want to take the hero side. Yeah. I, I want to okay, say, yeah. Hey, he's just using the resources that he's been given and he is seizing the moment here. He saw an opportunity and he jumped on it. That's like, that'd be like telling me if Bitcoin, like if, if when Bitcoin was 500 bucks to be like, yeah, this is going to be nuts, like, and not realize and, and to not buy it. But we just weren't like seeing that far ahead, you know, like this right, kid right. saw he can get the discount. He bought the, I mean, uh, so full transparency if if you know me at all i ran a similar operation to this when i was in college when i was 19 years old <laughs> um i would yep, buy yep. i i think it's past the statute of uh, limitations where i can get caught for doing any of this so i'll i'll, I'll uh i'll divulge i would buy g-shock watches from china and i would buy them at two dollars anywhere from like a dollar 85 to two dollars and 25 cents a watch and I, I wasn't like lying about them being fake or anything. I was completely transparent, letting people know that I, I had buy these in bulk. I was maybe not like giving away my sources or anything, but a good salesman doesn't do that. So I was going out and selling these G-Shock watches through Craigslist. Um, 
and and other platforms that would that would allow me to do so and that was that was a moment of seizing the opportunity you know i i didn't have time to work a job as a student athlete so i figured i would make some cash on the side whenever i had a couple minutes to uh, meet up with someone and sell them some two dollar watches and yeah absolutely. I, I think i think this is a great idea for that that he did this um well, let's talk about the sneakerhead community what, what are their thoughts on it yeah i mean they're not uh they seem to be pretty pissed i mean so like for if any of you guys listening are are kind of into sneakers this is a huge like these guys are almost like cult like with the you know nike releases a new colorway and it's this whole like for those of you who aren't familiar with the process basically they drop these online and then they're they're only going to drop let's say 200 pairs of this so within you know seconds of this they're sold out and then it creates a huge secondary market for it because what's happening is people have created bots or basically like um like an application on the computer that can that can bypass through that so as soon as it drops they can per, you know put 100 in the cart check out before a human could ever do that and this is like it's a, it's big business i think i don't think most people realize i mean a lot of these shoes it could just be a new air max but it's a limited edition colorway if it's a you know 200 shoe these might sell for 600 so um and he was getting they, he was getting the 50 60 discount on top of that so he might have been getting them yes. for a hundred bucks and turn it for five, six, $700 for sure. So I think for me, I totally respect the kid's hustle. I think it all comes down to whether there's specific language in his mom's contract saying that you can't use the Nike discount to, for resell. Right. Cause if it doesn't say that I, I game on. Right. Right. I mean, I, I don't know the specific language. I would imagine honestly that there probably is something saying we're, you know, friends and family only, you can't use this for resale, uh, which he probably didn't, I mean, he probably knew that maybe that was there, but wasn't, I doubt he like read her contract. So I don't know, man, 250 G's a month at 19 years old. I kind of, I kind of got a lot of respect for that kid. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. He's going to figure out another gig where he can, uh, he can scam people. He's, he's, he's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, the, my my main thing is I think this lady was doing something much worse, and she does not want people to know about that, and just basically got out of the public eye real quick. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Like you think in terms of like abusing the the discount for like resale of merchandise, or I, I'm what? sure there's I think there's something much further than that that I don't want to like speculate or anything because that's not. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think there's there's something else that she's been she's been probably up to um uh yeah again i don't know any kind of like actual thing that she might be doing but this doesn't seem to me something that you quit your job that you've been working for since the 90s you know because because of like and again nike it's not like nike was going to slap him on the wrist it just made people mad like you're not going to quit your job just because a couple people get mad and there's a community that's outraged that your son did this you know right so, yeah, no, for sure. This is one to stay stay posted on because I'm sure I'm sure we'll get some more details at some point regarding like the full story here. Yep. If yeah, anything, no. you know, you know what? We should reach out to that kid. If anything, he's got a potential uh, best selling book on his hands. I feel like if he, if like let's say this story doesn't break and it just kind of fades five years from now or so, write write like a little memoir, a little book on it. I think little Netflix, be, little Netflix yeah, doc. Yeah. Oh, there there you go. See here, I am thinking about books. Thanks for bringing us back to. Yeah, you gotta, too. yeah, we're we're in the 2020s now, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's why that's why you're here. 
<laughs> yeah, he could uh, send out some faxes for it, you know. Get some yeah, hey, uh, some real later traction you, there. If you uh, page me, I'll be sure to find the closest payphone and give you a call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that would seriously though, that would be. See, well, we might just that might be our end to Hollywood. We should uh, we should yeah, pitch just, that pitch that story idea to a uh, to a Dony. Maybe yeah, we gotta find these guys. Yeah, I'll, seriously. I'll, I'll type up a DM right now while we uh, get on to the next like segment it. here. Um, I like it, but yeah, shout out that kid. For sure, for sure. We're we're not gonna get into March Madness yet. Let's let's just be honest and and put our hands up here. We have not been paying attention to the NCAA basketball, and I think most like Fairweather fans. I, I mean, I, I consider myself like a pretty pretty diehard sports fan in general, but I'm I'm more fair weather once it gets to like March Madness. Like I'm obviously gonna turn it on as soon as these conference tournaments start and be watching the, these games and sprinkling a little cash on some of them for sure. But I really don't pay attention to the regular season. Um but do you think do you think that that's a trend with you know the top players really only being there I know for me I used to be a diehard college hoops fan and then I just feel like it's not. I feel like the product isn't very good because even the even the programs that have really good players, they're there. First of all, you're watching a totally new team every year, so you don't get that familiarity and where you like develop. Like I used to be a diehard, a diehard Duke fan, and I loved watching those teams. I knew like, okay, these are the guys. Here's who we got back, and then we have like one or two impact freshmen that are really good players, and maybe they're going to be role guys. And you don't really have that anymore. Do you think that's like? Do you think a lot of people are kind of like us where? the interest in college basketball has kind of dwindled a little bit for sure. Yeah. It's, it, it does kind of suck, you know, that the, the talent of like the, the people who stay for more than a year is uh, not substantially less, but it's noticeably less. Let's right. be nice about it, but it's, it's not quite the same thing. You know, it's a lot of like college kid mistakes, you know, there's a ton of like turnovers yeah. and, free throw issues like the free throws are the are the best part of all this you know like if you when you when you realize you bet on a team without looking at like their free throw percentage and you realize they have like three starters that shoot less than 60 percent, and then down the stretch they just <laughs> literally can't make anything those like, are damn it yeah those are those are pretty that's that's why you watch but it's not something that you want to like carry on for a couple months and stress yourself out about um during the regular season, you know, it's, it's only like a, a month long tournament that you can like binge and then be done with it. Yeah. And it definitely, uh, definitely hurt them last year, not having a, uh, not having. Right. Yeah. Like so, it didn't make me want it more this year. You know, I was just yeah, like, oh, man. No. I think it was just kind of one of those out of sight, out of minds. And then there was a lot of like pushback about different teams like this whole year. I mean, honestly, COVID is just screwed. I mean, it screwed almost everything up, but it's definitely uh, been tough on uh, on college basketball for sure. Yep. Yeah, so. uh, Texas Texas is celebrating right now. They're they just removed their mask oh. mandate. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, so good. Good for Texas. I don't know if I'm. I mean, we are huge stat guys, but I think we should keep the COVID stats out of this podcast. So that we'll, that sounds like a surefire way to make everyone angry so let's just i think we can all say it seems like we're moving in the right direction as a country and i think everybody on both sides is excited about that yes yeah exactly 
and we'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> stop ourselves before we keep talking. All right. Send your hate mail to at T Willie. He loves yeah. DMs. <laughs> I, I thought you were about to give out my email. Oh, man. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm pausing. We almost forgot. Tiger Woods, uh, the sheriff for the county that he was in, has uh, just obtained a warrant to receive the black box from the SUV. Um, do you know exactly what a black box does other than like shows the like the data that was going through there? Or uh, I, I don't even know how that how that works, honestly. I'm not exactly sure. I think it has like basically it has all the like velocity for the car, like the speed and like direction and like information because in, in planes, right. They can see the black box is how they tell like how fast the plane was descending and like the direction it was going in, in time. So I, I, I didn't I even know there was one for, in cars. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent, but I'm assuming it's going to help them figure out kind of what happened. We were talking before, but I mean, he like he was on his phone, right? I mean, that's that's what it has to be. I mean, if he yeah. wasn't if he wasn't drunk or wasn't on drugs and he didn't break it all, I mean, right? Like, what else could it be? Right, and it's not like if it was something. I, the only other thing I was thinking of was that if there was an object in the road or something like that, he would have just come out and said that, like, "Hey, I was swerving around a piece of shrapnel that was flying at me and lost control," or like someone or like someone like ran me off the road or something like he would have probably just said that. Um, yeah. You know, there was, there hasn't been anything like that. And he has like spoken, not necessarily to the public, but he's been speaking. Uh, he tweeted the other day on Sunday when everyone wore red for him, which was a, a cool moment. Um, he was, he spoke about how touched he was about it. So, I mean, it's not like he's not able to discuss this kind of thing, but I, I he's, I'm, I'm kind of unsure as why, as to why he's like keeping super quiet about it. If, I mean, it's not like anything, any kind of charges are going to be filed against him for like reckless driving. He didn't injure anyone else. You know, I, that this is just kind of a you versus the road and your car kind of situation. So it'd be, it, to me, it would be easier for Tiger to just close the case and be like, yeah, sorry, I was doing this. Like, let's talk about it for one more day and we'll move on from it. You know, let's hope I can come back. Yeah, it seems it seems sketchy for sure. Uh, I mean, just the fact that the accident happened with no other cars, like he wasn't like, uh, it's just un, it's just unusual, right? I mean, that's not normally how how accidents happen. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see as we get more details. Um, and and two, the I, I mean, the impact. Have we? Do you think Tiger Woods has played his last round of golf on the PGA? I, I cannot say that with good conscience. I, I would, I don't want to put that on him. I, I'm, I'm hoping that it is not. Um, I don't necessarily have any reason to back any of that up, but I, I I'm praying that it's not. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, that's, that's do you think, my... do you think he ever wins another tournament on the PGA tour? Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to go with the, the big journalist move here and say, I got to wait till all the facts come out to, to make okay, a decision like on it. it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so I got, this is, this is related, but I think this is going to, this blew my mind. Let's see. Well, I'll have to see what you think about this, but 
Tiwa, where would you rank Tiger Woods in terms of like just most famous athletes of all time? Um, top four. Cause, cause for me, I think like, I mean, I think Michael Jordan's probably the most famous athlete of all time. And then, I mean, I think Tiger's like arguably number two, like maybe Le- LeBron, right? Tiger, like LeBron, Brady. Do you think um, so though? Do you think like, cause I think Brady is, I think Brady's after, cause, cause the thing about football, I guess in the United States for sure, but worldwide, like not many people care about American football. Yeah, Messi, we like, got to throw like Messi or Ronaldo in there because like to everyone except for us, they're the most important person on the planet. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. That's a good point. But the way we slice it, we think Tiger's like top five for sure, right? Yeah, Tiger. Tiger's a worldwide, um, worldwide treasure for everybody. So, so background for the audience. So I, I work as a physical therapist. I've mentioned that before. So I'm in the clinic all day, seeing patients, all, all sorts of ages. We were talking about this on Monday when the news of the accident had come in and we had a patient who was like a high school age girl. And she goes, who's that? And I was like, what? I was like, Oh, Tiger Woods. Like, and she's like, um, who's that? And I was like, Whoa, what? Yeah. I was like, you don't know who Tiger Woods is. And she's like, I've never heard that name before in my life. <laughs> does, does that? So I was, I was, I honestly was floored. So she was like, I don't know. She's probably, I think this one was, I think she was 17 or 18 years old. Told me she never, not, not was, cause there's people that are famous that I like, don't really know who they are. I just know that they are famous. I know their name. She told me she never heard that name before. Does that, does that blow your mind or are you not surprised? Then no, that blows my mind. That's just being completely unaware of, of so, what's going on around you. So it gets worse throughout this entire throughout that, that entire. So not only did did this one patient say she'd never heard of Tiger Woods, that got me going because I thought that was so crazy and just so ludicrous that that basically throughout the week I've been asking like pretty much like girls aged like fourteen to eighteen, like high school age girls. I would say out of, I probably asked like 10 of them, six or seven out of 10 told me they had never heard that name before. I'm like they blown had, away by that. Dude, they had no, no, they said they, I showed them pictures too, like him in the red polo, like, and they, no, no idea. I have no idea who that is. That's, wow. That blows my mind, man. Yeah, that is wild. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just felt, felt like that was a, uh, that was super crazy. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll also admit I'm not a huge, like if, if we put ourselves in their shoes, like I, someone showed me a video of the, I, I might even get this name wrong. The, the TikToker Charlie, the, the girl named Charlie. Yeah. I never heard of her. Exactly. Apparently but she's think- got like more followers than anyone in the world. And I have no idea who this person is. So that would be like us. If they asked us, you know, who I think it's Charlie. <laughs> it's it's like, but a boy do you thing, think, do you think that's comparable though? Cause how long has this Charlie been? I mean, TikTok's only been a thing even for like a couple years. Yeah. That's so a good point. Even though she's like super famous. Um, I mean, Tiger's been famous for 30, what probably since, probably since 2000 for, for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, I would, and I mean, still as, as famous as this Charlie girl is like, 
I mean, Tiger Woods is definitely way more famous than her That's in the true. world, right? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think TikTok is a bigger uh, bigger beast than we, we imagine it to be. But yeah, I, I would... That'd be a great poll. Who is more known worldwide, Tiger or Charlie from TikTok? I mean, that's got to be, I, I feel Tiger's winning that hands down just because probably, like what percent of people over the age of 30 know who Charlie is, do you think? Because over the age of 30, it's probably, I mean, it's got to be 90% for Tiger. Yeah. And then I mean, the younger the crowd, 30, it should be like everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a good poll question. I use the, I use the example, like this is a, so I'm pretty bad with like music and movies, but we, when, when, when they were telling me that they didn't know that they'd never heard that name, there's a bunch of names like Barbara Streisand was one. Like, I know that she's famous and did stuff, but like, I couldn't tell you who who she was, what she looked like, what she did. I just know that she's a famous person and people say her name, but I've heard that name. Is the Streisand effect based off of her? I would assume so. Right. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. But We're probably but sounding very point. stupid to our listeners right now. But but that's my point is like I've at least I could be like, yeah, I don't know much about this person or really anything, but I know that name. Like mean that they've never heard the name Tiger Woods before. Which was sure. I don't I don't know. That that blew my mind. So I guess we're I guess we're getting old. Or I guess Tiger's getting old. Yeah. It's, let's just put it on Tiger, I guess. Yeah. So Okay, nice. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, let's get on to our next one here. This okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's let's talk about baseball. Hey, baseball is back. I mean, it's Yay! kind of back. It's kind it's of. very very spotty back. You know, I there's there's been a couple games. Nothing that I've like. I've been dying to watch any of these games. Uh, we we've got a couple ideas of how they can spice these things up uh, in spring training little rule change segment coming our way here in a sec. But before yeah. we do that, um, we, we've been talking about something interesting lately off air, and that's the impact of superstars in baseball versus other sports. And what we were, what we were mentioning earlier was like the, the, the stat that first came to my head was war. And uh, l- let me have you explain this so we can, you're, you're more of the, the technical guy who can explain this a little better than I can. So well, why, don't, why don't you take it from here? Yeah. So uh, stat nerd checking in um, basically like, so if we look at war, Mike Trout are like either the best player in baseball or one of the top three um, in his best seasons, he's been worth like nine to 11 war. So that just means wins. Right. So basically if you put Mike Trout on any team, that team's going to win, let's say nine games more out of 162. So that's huge in baseball. But if you compare that to football, where you say add a quarterback, let's just use Tom Brady example. You add him to a seven and nine bucks, they go 11 and five, they win the Super Bowl. Or you take the LeBron James example. We all remember him. They win like 15 games, him coming back to Cleveland, they win 50 plus games. Basically what I'm saying is the impact in terms of winning games, just how much they can move the needle in baseball because the nature of the game is so much less. And I think that's a huge, I think that's the superstar problem. Baseball keeps talking about how they have a marketing problem. And I think they do, but I don't think it's that these players aren't like charismatic or they're not marketable. I think they are. I think it's just, it's harder to market them when they don't have as big an impact. When you have a guy like Mike Trout, who's arguably the best baseball player of all time, who's like 
five wins better than like an average guy, which yeah. is huge in baseball. Don't I don't want people to think that I'm saying Mike Trout isn't good. I'm just saying that's not huge compared to LeBron James being worth 30 wins out of an 80 game season. I mean, that's so if we put that in baseball terms, LeBron James could have like a 60 war. You know, I mean, he could you could put him on the Pirates and just that move alone makes them a playoff team. I think I think this is an exact. I, yes, I think this is an exact reason why the NFL and the NBA has risen, um, in popularity because the super the superstars can make that impact. You know that, that they're actually making it, and that's why we're seeing it. And because especially we just spoke, everyone wants to be able to see things here and now, and like the crazy plays and all that, and the best way to catch that is through social media and NFL and NBA dominate on social media by getting their highlights out there, miking players up, making things super interesting and like letting you inside of these sports where MLB doesn't even let you tweet videos of like MLB play, which right, right. That, that's a massive, they're, they're already hindering themselves, but then you've got like, we talked about um, what was the player Jeffers or, uh, Jeremy Jeffers. Jeremy Jeffers. Um, so before we got on the air, we were speaking of a guy like him has an in, the, almost an equal impact on the game as a uh, on a, a singular game. Let's call it as the starter. Let's say uh, what what team is Jeffers on? I, that's a good question. So he so he signed so two years ago. This is a good point too. Two years ago, he was like arguably the best reliever in baseball. Last year, did okay. Fastball velocity was down. He signed a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers, I believe. Um, which, again, the fact that I'm saying I believe and I'm not sure tells you everything you need to know about this. Who cares? Like this, this even though this guy just said he was one of the best relievers in baseball, he's not a big star. And for the casual fan, you need like the stars are what drives the sport, and that's what baseball and that's what football understand. So for everyone that complains about the pass interference and protecting the quarterbacks. The reason they do that is because when I watch the Packers, I know Aaron Rodgers. I don't know the defensive tackle for the Falcons. You know, like I know the big guys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, so like you should make the rules benefit the stars. Same thing in the NBA. Everybody talks shit about the NBA and how there's no hand checking and they don't let these guys get brutalized because it's not fun to watch someone just foul Steph Curry the whole game. And you're like, oh, well, like. Yeah, couldn't really do much because some dude was hanging from him. Like, it's fun to watch Steph Curry have space and be able to create. And that's, I guess, with the we'll talk about this with the rule change. But I think baseball needs to come at this from the perspective of how do we allow the best players in the game to win more games, to let them matter more and not have Jeremy Jeffers deciding, I mean, massive games. Yeah. And he's in he's in position where he's pitching in the seventh, eighth or even the ninth inning of games, which are very, very impactful. Um, 100%. Let me, so, let me give you a couple, a couple analogies for people that – because I think that if you're not a hardcore baseball fan, you don't really realize it. So in baseball, if you take those last like three innings, seven, eight, nine, you're going to almost always have, by definition, the starters out of the game. So already it's not your best pitchers, right? Two, that's when the game is essentially won and lost. It's basically like the fourth quarter of basketball or the fourth quarter of football. So imagine if you're watching a football game and your starting quarterback has to come out of the game for the fourth quarter. It's like, all right, he put up a 10-point lead. Now the backup's in for the fourth quarter to try to lead us lead us yeah. on. Or like, oh, he's going to go on a two-minute drive. Or if Alex Caruso has to take all the shots for the Lakers in the fourth quarter instead of LeBron James. Yep. You would be like, this is totally crazy. And that's what happens in baseball. 
I mean, yeah. I mean almost every game. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the solution is you don't. Maybe the solution is you have like relievers pitch the first three innings, and then you bring in Degrom to try to throw six straight to close it out. I mean, Ooh. maybe it's that simple. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we might need just a new like controversial manager to like just completely change it up and and yeah, figure out how to use his best players at the end of the game as opposed to the beginning. That would actually be a really interesting uh, question for Kenny. I wonder, I wonder if you did like the statistical analysis on that. What what that looks like? Like if you just if you brought if you planned to have Degrom enter the game and like the fourth inning and then your game plan was essentially all right he's gonna finish this game right because someone like him you could be i feel like you could be reasonably certain that he could finish the game then right yeah i mean i think uh, that you'd almost have a that would honestly help too because let's say let's say the relievers give up like five runs in the first you don't necessarily have to waste him either but then it, it kind of throws off his schedule but um, I, I think that's the only reason why they don't do it now is because like you might like you you bring in maybe a reliever gives up a three run bomb in the first and then you don't feel like it's worth it to bring Degrom in if you're down three zero in the fifth inning. But I I, I would probably argue that it, it's still valuable to bring him in so you can I mean or you it's push not that him, hard to score three runs for sure. Or if they're down five, let's say push him back a day. I mean, and I know they would complain initially, but like I mean honestly, if you get an extra day of rest. How, like, you told me Jacob DeGrom couldn't adapt to that and still be, like, lights out. Like, I get that it would disrupt his routine, but I feel like that's something where – Yeah, they Trevor would Bauer would be pissed. Well, maybe Trevor Bauer could pitch – so maybe – okay, so here. Here we go. So maybe Trevor Bauer could enter the game, like, three or four times a week in the sixth inning and then pitch the last three or four innings. Yeah, and then ultimately throw more innings over the course of a week, you know, and maybe throw, like – 12 to 18 innings pitch the last three three games of a of five out of six games you know or last three innings of five out of six games yeah. that week and i guess as we're saying that out loud i don't know i think that would be tough i guess like it'd be hard and throwing three like let's say through through three innings i don't think he could realistically do that more than like three times a week on the on the upper end but i still think that idea of maybe you use him twice a week or you use him every, cause he wants to pitch every four days, right? That's his thing, Trevor Bauer. Uh-huh. So like, what if he could definitely do, you could even do every three days and he's going to throw like four innings and that would give him a chance. And I think you stagger him to the back end. So now it's like you're facing Trevor Bauer instead of Jeremy Jeffress in the seventh inning with bases loaded one out. Yeah. And that'd be huge for, think about the TV too. Like that'd be much see, like, that's the type of thing that would be Twitter highlights, right? Trevor Bauer's facing Fernando Tatis Jr., like... In the ninth, in yeah. The, in the, yes, exactly, exactly. Dude, I, I, I actually really... I want to see... Uh, we'll have to reach out to Kenny and see, like... I'm sure teams have done, like, some statistical modeling on that. And, like, I, I just think the uncertainty would be the only downside, right? That you might be down five runs and then pissed that Bauer's got to come in. But I think you could get away, you could get away from that, right? Yeah. I'm so, uh, and for the my computer yeah. just made a super weird sound that I've never heard before, but yeah, that didn't sound good. No, you heard it on your side, <laughs> yeah, it sounded like it was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, uh, all seems to be okay. Uh, yeah, all right, well, <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit. I think I just 
broke my computer. But yes, I was thinking, what if? Um, and obviously, this is a loose a loose rule. But if the defense, if the pitcher goes out and doesn't let a runner into scoring position for that inning, that counts as a run for the defense. So you can score while you're out playing defense and pitching. I think that would make it, it it would like, imagine being able to like striking out the side gets you a run. Like that would be huge fire up and a massive momentum swing. And there, you can win it in the bottom of the ninth, the other way around. Right. Yeah. And you know what I think, so that adds value for the best pitchers definitely. Cause now they can essentially not just prevent runs, but score runs. Yeah. But I also, I also really like what that does for the offense because it makes those guys that are, because the guys that are struggling right now in baseball are the contact guys that don't really have a lot of power. They make their game just by getting on base. Cause we know that statistically, I mean, hitting, trying to hit extra base hits, even if you strike out a ton leads to more runs in, in yep. the current structure. Yep. Especially with the way defenses are. So I think it incentivizes. Now you got a guy, you got a Wade Boggs type that just gets on base. I mean, if you get on base to start the inning, there's a really good chance you're getting to second base. And now that's a run. So or those no, guys would be. No, you blocked, you blocked the run. You're you saying they saying? would not. Would they? So they wouldn't get a run if they got second, just that you, you would get a run defensively. Exactly. So if he gets to second, then it's a, it's a neutral inning. And, but, so it's a, but it's still a net it's still a net run creation exactly like yeah you're right yeah i see what you're saying because you block the run so either you'd, you'd either be, way you'd be playing defense on both sides of the ball which defense and offense which would be pretty cool it'd, it'd be a little like challenging for a casual fan to like to follow along at first but i i think it'd be i mean the defense can score in football um, yeah, no, for sure. That, that's a great point. And, and in basketball, your defense generates turnovers, which lead to easy points on offense. So yeah. And then it actually, gives the pitchers that impact that we're talking about. Like then if a closer is like lights out, then you would really know because, Oh, he wins his team uh, or he gets his team a run and X yep. number of appearances or whatever. And then you'd, you would really see value in like think the, about the, the whip becomes super important. Dude, this is this is such a freaking good idea. Think about this too, right? So now, like eighth inning, seventh seventh inning, let's say, your team's down four to three, or you're tied four to four. You're going out in the field, and they have seven, eight, nine up. Managers would use their best reliever. You'd use your closer right there because they'll basically yep. get you the lead, right? So it creates a whole nother level of managerial gameplay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I really think, dude, that's that's an awesome idea because it 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 promotes like the stardom of these. So think about uh, how many guys, how many times have we seen it? A great pitcher that gets no run support and they just, they lose one zero for now, sure. Those, those dudes are winning five to one every time. Yeah. I know we keep using DeGrom as a reference, but he's the perfect reference. Cause yes, two years yes. ago, two years ago, he was what? Like 12 and 11 with the best ERA and the most strikeouts in the league. Yep. yep. It would be really interesting if we, through his game log and saw how many of those games they would have won with this rule in place because i'd imagine he's getting if he's pitching seven innings one run like at least four of those innings probably no one's reaching second base yeah right i mean and you bring you bring back the the aspect of stealing bases again too and like just doing anything you can to get to second base like you'd have guys getting way more aggressive and a lot more, more a lot more plays would be getting made 
that's a genius idea. It value, it creates incentive and values the, uh, improves the player value from the pitchers, both the starting pitchers and those big time closers. It also promotes more action in baseball. Because what sucks about baseball right now is that nothing happens. Over half the outs of the game are just, are strikeouts, which yeah. is boring. It's, it's boring to watch. So well, it's exactly why more- Americans don't watch soccer, right? Yep. Yep. For sure. So, no, I, I really like that. I think it incentivizes the right things we need on offense. It brings the element of contact hitting and stealing bases back into the game. And it also makes the best pitchers that much better, that much more valuable than the other pitchers, which is what we need. You need separation between the true elites and the not so much. That's a great idea. For sure. I think do, we – do, uh, do you want to call Rob Manfred or should I call him? I'll, I'll, I my, I'll send him a DM next after I just okay, send one cool. to Adonis. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, we just fixed baseball. So you guys are welcome. That was good. I felt, I felt pretty productive about that. But also going back to the spring training and why we don't give a shit about it right now, this would be a perfect, perfect time to try something like this and be like, Hey, check out what we're doing this spring training. See if you like this, the game might be 11 to 15 or 10 to 17. And there's going to be scoring all the time. Both sides can score and you're going to see, the real superstars come out, whether they're it's a reliever that can dominate for just one inning, or if it's just like guys who can do whatever they can to get to second base, you know, like you'd structure your lineups differently. It'd be a, it'd be a much, much more interesting product than what they're running out right now. And they're they're scared. They're scared to make massive rule changes, but they, they, in today's world, you cannot be scared. They, they do it subtly in the NFL and the NBA, like not calling travels on LeBron and Giannis and like letting Harden take maybe an extra half a step, you know, like stuff like that makes the game better. And like the old heads are obviously all always going to complain anyways. But if you have a better product at the end of the day, that's, what's the most important thing. You know what I love about this idea so much. A lot of the ideas in baseball are kind of crazy, like move the pitchers mount back or like, give them an extra out or anything. This doesn't change any of the actual gameplay. It's still the exact same battle between the pitcher and the hitter. Same ball, same count, same everything. It's just scored. It's basically, it's, I, I would equate it to the NBA adding the three-point shot. That's yep. probably the closest, closest comparison. So I think, and I think that is generally a smart move for baseball rather than tinkering with, like, you can't move the mound back. I think that would just be like, I think that would throw things way too out of whack. I think doing something like this makes a lot more sense from a comp- competitive balance standpoint. For sure. I, I love this idea too. So I might actually uh, seriously write, write into somebody and figure out how we can uh, get this implemented in some kind of league, maybe not the MLB, but maybe uh, see if they give it a test in some, some random summer league in Minnesota or something and just see what happens. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Shoot this out to everyone. Do an e-blast and see how we can change the rules of baseball. There we go. All right, cool. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, we got a little bit of NBA to talk about. Um, still no news on the Andre Drummond front. We're, it, it, I, I feel like it's almost any moment that he's likely to get dealt with the trade deadline coming up. There's a couple teams that need a big man who are kind of on the bubble or – at the top of their division slash conference and need a big man like him. The teams that came to my mind was the Clippers. Uh, I, I could see the nets making another move and trying to get him. 
obviously his production would go down like drastically there. Um, but it, he'd still bring a lot of value. Um, and then you've got like Charlotte who's been surprising and they're fighting for a playoff spot and they've got like a good young nucleus that they can build around. He might be a good fit for them or uh, the Blazers since they can't really get healthy. It seems that they are never healthy down low and they lack a ton of, a, a ton of, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Availability, I should say, like it, at, for the big man position. Not a lot um, of depth in the front court. Yeah, exactly. And then there's Toronto as well, who they've got, um, they've got a, I mean, Siakam obviously is like a stretch, but they, they do need a big man who can kind of represent down low. And I think he'd be a great fit for them. I think that would make them another contender in the East. The East to me is pretty wide open in, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Toronto is dealing with the COVID stuff. Boston has looked terrible. Indiana hasn't looked great. Milwaukee hasn't had Drew Holiday. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think – Yeah, Milwaukee I doesn't convince me at all either. Yeah, they they need to make some steps forward for sure if they're going to compete. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happened with Drummond. I thought I would have thought he had moved by now. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense for the for the Nets. I don't, I don't know what the price is for Drummond. That's the one thing that um, – might dissuade this because the Nets don't have, I guess, as many assets left to move, but they need, especially if they're planning on matching up against the Lakers, it'd be nice to have Drummond to try to at least, you know, bang Anthony Davis down low when the Lakers try to play him at the five. Right. He might be the only guy that could do a little bit of slowing down if Anthony Davis is healthy, you know, like if not, yeah. then no team in the East is going to beat them. Like you, you're not going to have Brooke Lopez, put the work to Anthony Davis, you know, if the, if the bucks make it for sure, for sure. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And I think it's uh, it, it might be that time for us to eat our words about the Phoenix suns. You know, we've we're fans, but we also were realists and we were saying the jury's still out until they can prove that they're really good. And are, are we, is it time to, to admit that the suns are really good or are, are we still going to hold our, hold it and see see what happens so before the year i said that i couldn't see a scenario in which the suns finished in the top four in the west five and eight we're at the all-star break the suns are currently the they have the second best record in the west so i think it's only fair to say at this point i was totally wrong and missed the mark on them um they're clearly much better than i thought they would be that being said i do think I do think there's a good chance that they that they fall back to the pack a little bit more. Um, at this point, with them being second, it you know I wouldn't. I'd say statistically, they're probably going to finish in the in the top four. So I was wrong on that one for sure. It's exciting for Phoenix. I'm still a skeptic when it comes to them winning a playoff series, but um, you know I'm I'm rooting for them, man. It's good. It's good to see them. You know, so this is one I will, I will do so happily. Yeah, you cut out a little bit there, but uh, we get the point that it is great to see them doing really good. You know, um, I haven't been interested in the Suns, like even though I'm a, yes, I'll admit I'm a fan, but I honestly have not wanted to turn on a Suns game until this until basically the bubble last year because they were finally intriguing after they were like four or five and zero oh, and possibly had a chance to get in. I was watching some of those games, but. As far as like watching them throughout the season, you know, and kind of the dog days of the NBA, like we mentioned earlier, it's 
I have not wanted to watch a standard regular season Suns game in a long, long time. And it's good to finally have them back and have them on, have them on the, on the telly every, every couple nights. Cause they're, they're a fun team to watch and they, man. Yeah. I, I was wrong too. I was saying like four, four, five or six seed at best, you know, I, I was saying like three would shock me. Um, but <laughs> they're, they're pretty dang good, man. And CP three, is is much more valuable than i thought he would be you know he is aging like a fine wine yeah he's he's looking really good and don't get me wrong i still think like I, so as when we're when we're recording this the suns beat the lakers last night the lakers didn't have anthony davis also the lakers are in full on get through the regular season we know what we can do in the playoffs mode so yeah i'm not they don't saying, care if they I, go in as a five seed Right, right. So I don't, I still don't think, I still don't see the Suns as any sort of like real threat in the West. But for a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in, I don't even know how long, to be number two in the West at the All Star break, it's a huge accomplishment. I was totally wrong on them. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for them and for, for Suns fans. Yeah. I, I do want to note, note one thing because I'm sure they're going to, um, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to uh, flex some Suns games into some primetime games and so people around the country will start to notice Devin Booker one thing I want to notice about Devin Booker or that I would like for him to like figure out is not talking so much shit to the refs and the other team and just going out and playing like he just cannot ignore the noise around him and so he he is he's very emotional like obviously he's a super good player and he's like he's he's really all he's been carrying the suns for five years and he i don't know if he's if he's in the position to start like being the like the bad boy you know when when you haven't necessarily made that impact in a throughout the length of a full season yet you know yeah no definitely and i I, got ejected the other night got teed up in the third and got kicked out of the game. Luckily, the Suns played great team basketball and won the game. But ultimately, you can't have him like doing stuff like that, especially when the games are much more important than last night. So that reminded me of last year when you saw Jared Dudley get Ben Simmons. They get both of them thrown out of the game. And for the Nets, it's like, dude, if you get Ben Simmons thrown out and Jared Dudley thrown out, that's that's, that's a like win. the best case city. So for the Devin Booker is getting in altercations with KCP, like that's not good for the Suns. I mean, no. like he does not need to be. I he's got to under and, and this is part of it too. This this could be growing pains for for the Suns as they get into playoff basketball and stuff. But he he has to understand all the role players are going to be coming at him and that he can't he can't take the bait because he's a superstar and he can't be getting in, involved with role players and this stuff. For sure. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. So that's something we got to watch going forward, but they are playing great ball. I'm excited to see how the rest of this shakes out. And do, do you call Devin Booker an all-star now that they like basically let him in for AD's spot? Or is it like, do we still get pissed as Suns fans that he didn't make it? I think you call him an all-star. I mean, it sucks he wasn't in there. He should have been in there, we think. But um, he's going to be there in the game. Yeah, so it's like it's like yeah, a Pro Bowl now. 
where yeah, if a guy exactly. if a guy doesn't feel like going down there for the weekend, they just throw in like Mitch Trubisky and somehow he <laughs> makes the Pro Bowl. Yep. Yeah, that's that's uh yeah not to com- not to compare Trubisky to D book, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Suns fans. Uh no, definitely, definitely. No, I think I think you consider him a legit all-star. I mean, five years from now, when we look back at how many all-star appearances he had, no one's gonna remember that he got in for Anthony Davis. So um that's true. The 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 right thing, the right thing happened in the uh in the end. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that was, that was good. We had a bunch of, bunch of exciting stuff to talk about. I'm, I'm excited for uh, what's about to happen in the NFL. I know we've got some big pieces to fall here pretty soon. Only a matter of time. Some quarterbacks are going to start moving. I've got a feeling in my gut that some kind of big breaking news is going to be coming out soon regarding that. And um, what do we got this week? I mean, it's still on Wednesday. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to get on and uh, probably post up an episode either Friday night or Saturday night. We'll keep you updated on Instagram, but we appreciate you guys listening. If you like this, share it with a friend, subscribe to our podcast. So that way you get notified as soon as we as soon as we pop an episode for you and uh, just continue to spread the word. We appreciate you guys. Jaime, you got anything else for today? Nope. I think that's it. Excellent. All right. We will, uh, we will see you guys this weekend. Have a great rest of your week.